Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And today I have the one and only Brooke Schnittman on. We are going to find out what her story is all about, how she became an ADHD coach, just all the stuff. So do me a favor and share this out. Right now, just click that little share button under the video, share it out to wherever you're watching from, share it to all of your friends and your family, and stay with us. We will be right back with Brooke Schnittman. We are back. Let me bring Brooke on. Brooke, welcome to the show. Ken, thank you for having me. That's some introduction you have. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I've had yeah. some, I have been blessed. I've had some amazing people on the show and I can't wait to hear how amazing you are and your story. I see Jeff, the entrepreneur is watching us. Hello, Jeff. Good to see you. So, um, Brooke, I started this show five and a half years ago, um, and it was really to help me get unstuck <laughs> in life at the time, and it's worked. But, you know, the I, I just believe that there's incredible healing power in hearing other people's stories of how they went through the the doo-doo in life and came out of it and succeeded anyway. So um, let's start with where you were born and raised. Well, uh, I was born and raised on Long Island. And um, since you said doo-doo, that we're going to keep it PC here, right? We can keep it as whatever you want. We can do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, born and raised on Long Island um, in the Mineola Hospital. I uh, lived in Melville, Long Island, New York, until uh, I moved to Florida, which was six and a half years ago. Wow. So mm -hmm. I've never been to Long Island, although I have friends that still live in Long Island, actually, um, or on, is it on Long Island or yeah, on Long Island? I know it's always a tricky one, right? Yeah. You're not in the islands, but you're in New York, but you're on Long Island. So but is there like a Long Island comma New York zip code or is it a bunch of little towns out on that island? Correct. It's a bunch of little towns. I know it's going to be. Is it really an island or is, is it a peninsula? Good question. Um, <laughs> it is an island, but there's a bridge that connects um, and it's oh, a borough, okay. right? It's one of the okay. five boroughs. Geography right. is not my thing. So ask me math and science. I'll help you out. But social studies, English, not so right. much. Right. <laughs> So, so, so you grew up on, what was it like for you growing up on Long Island? Here, here's, and the reason I ask, I always ask about childhood because I feel like 
there's always a person, a place, an event, a, a culmination of events or people that kind of push us in the direction that we end up going as adults. So what 100%. comes to mind when I say that? Yeah, so my dad owned a school and a camp. He had taken it over from, um, that sounds terrible. He had um, run it after my grandfather started it. And, um, and what was it again? A day camp and a school, Crescent oh, Country okay. Day School on Long okay. Island. It was one of the biggest day camps. And because oh. education was, he had gone to school for education. My mom was a math teacher. So we were a family of educators. And obviously, I'm sure you know where this is going. I went into education. So that really framed and shaped not only my career, but it also shaped some of uh, the situations I had in childhood, good and bad and ugly. Mm. As a child, did you, did you have any, um, I don't know, bad things that, that you had to get through or overcome as you know, in childhood? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So yeah. I did. So the camp had a lot of kids. There were 1800 kids and a lot of my neighborhood friends. Wow. Right. But I also went to the private school there and I wanted mm -hmm. to be with my friends in public school. So fourth grade, I'm begging my mom and my dad, please send me to public school. I want to be with my friends who I'm friends with in camp. Finally, they allowed me. I went to public school and the girls who I was friends with in camp did not want to be my friend in school for whatever reason. So for wow. me, that's where it all started. That's where all the bullying started and the confusion. Um, and since wow. then, literally until the age of 35, I was bullied and I'm going to be 40. Um, so it was a turning point in my life and doing a lot of inner child work now to overcome that as best as possible. Wow. Wow, mm -hmm. wow, wow. Bullied mm -hmm. until the age of 35. Correct. Oh my gosh. Wow. I yeah. can relate to a lot of that though. I can totally relate to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, no, I think I became the bully in my twenties. <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't really, I, not too much, but, um, I probably had my moments. So, so let's unpack that a little, if you don't mind. Um, sure. what, cause I, you know, I can relate to being bullied. I can relate to being, um, I mean, beat up all the stuff. Right. So, Mm -hmm. that creates unbelievable feelings of um, insecurity, not feeling good enough, all of the stuff that goes with that. How did you mm -hmm. handle that? I'm sure that reared its ugly head in your life. How did you handle that? How did you overcome it? Honestly, not until five years ago, what I was trying to do throughout the time that I was bullied in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, professional life is see a therapist and I was trying to get treated. I was on anti-anxiety medication. Um, and what I didn't know until I started coaching, even though I've been working with ADHD for 20 years, is that I had ADHD and it was unmanaged. Wow. Now, I don't think if I knew that I had ADHD then, 
that I wouldn't have been bullied because there was more to the story. Um, but yeah, I tried really, really hard to um, be as disperse as possible uh, to um, kind of like hide. So I would be in many different like clubs so I could have friends, right? Like, so if one group wasn't nice to me, then I had the other group, right? And if that group stopped being nice to me, then I had the other group. So I was constantly moving to survive. And I've never really spoken about that part before, but um, you know, in the halls, that was the most dangerous time. And I tried to assimilate as best as possible, but it didn't always work. Wow. It's mm -hmm. almost like the bullies know. Yeah. I think there's I like an, an energy. They just there know. is. There is. And then you carry on. Once you become the victim, yeah. Then you become the victim, right? And it's that victim mentality. And yeah. I don't think that anyone wants to be bullied, but they can smell it, right? You become insecure, you seek approval, you have these trauma responses that you just want to be their friend and you're confused on why they don't want to be your friends. And yeah. you don't realize that they're not people who want to be your friends. So stay connected with the people who do want to be your friends. But very yeah. often the people who do want to be your friends when you're being bullied are not the same people that you want to be friends with. So yeah. it's a yeah. catch 22. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so talk about, so you went to school on in, in or on long island um either way mm -hmm. it was long island um and you graduated high school mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. ended up going went to college i went to undergrad at penn state and i did oh. general education so growing up i either wanted to be a fashion designer or a teacher and coming from two parents in education my mom said you're not going to make any money as a fashion designer be a teacher i'm like okay so i did and I went to school thinking I was going to follow her suit, be a math teacher, but I realized how many classes in math there were above calculus. So I said, mm, never mind. Um, so I did general education, elementary. Yeah. And what I realized is that we took one class in special education. I said, I'm interested to learn more about this. Plus, I don't know if I'm going to get a job as a general education teacher right away. So let me go straight into my master's and go get a special education master's degree. So yeah. I did, I went to NYU and got my master's in students with disabilities, which is special education. Yeah. And then the day after I started teaching and uh, got a, a job on Long Island and I was a special education teacher, then turned into an assistant director of special education and did that for 15 years. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I would have said to your mother, because I believe that anything is possible, I would have said, tell Tommy Hilfiger that. Because, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. Or I don't know, Ralph Lauren or mm -hmm. any number of. Um, so it's, I, yeah. I, I just, and I, this is no, no, look, I know people are, are well intentioned, but I, I just, <laughs> The stories I hear about people saying, well, you know, so-and-so told me my dreams are just not possible. <laughs> so I know, I know. What? But you know what? 
she told me to be a teacher, right? And when I look back on it, um, I obviously didn't really have a backbone back then. And I um, sought approval from my family, from my friends. Sure. Never. Yeah. And at the same time, what I learned from that was what I'm doing now. So it, it helped, right? I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not a fashion designer, honestly. But I would never tell my kids not to be something that they want to be at this point. Right, right. You can do anything. 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 And that leaves ADHD, everything as possible. Literally. And with ADHD, yeah. if you don't follow your passion, you're not going to succeed. So that yeah. could be a hobby that you make into a career. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I um, got my tenure, which is the golden handcuffs. What is that? What? Oh, it means I, as an educator. Correct. So yeah. it's the golden handcuffs, right? Yeah. And um, I was making good money and my mom would always say, oh, this is a great job if you're going to be a mom. Yeah. But what, yeah. but what people don't really know is that teachers don't just work from eight to three. They're working all night, planning, writing papers. Um, for me, it was IEPs. Grading papers. So, grading papers, planning, yeah. like there's just so much. So I was spending like 12 hours a day doing that. And it was definitely for me, not a job that um, was conducive to being a parent, but yeah. that's not why I left. I ended up just wanting the next thing. I always measured myself as a hard worker. And that's what I identified with. I almost was like addicted to the reward of working hard and people noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my it's funny my mother-in-law and sister-in-law are here they just got in last night from ohio and she's a teacher <laughs> my my sister-in-law is and she's she's been yeah she's done it forever there's like no vacation it's there's no time off it's it's you yeah. know it's insane no we work for 181 or 186 days a year technically but you don't that's not yeah. true yeah. You're working yeah. on vacations. You're working on the weekends. Yeah. You can't yeah. just leave your job at home. Once you come home to your kids, you're still working. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so, so you went through and the tenure is what, how long is that? 10 years? You would think, 15, right. But 15. that's actually three years at the time. So how many? Three. Three. Wow. So I was there for uh, three years at the school and then you have to do a bunch of lessons. They have to observe you. And um, if they, if you qualify, then they'll grant you tenure, which means that it's really hard to fire you unless, you know, they, they go through extreme measures. Um, wow. And now the rule is four years in the school Whoa. system in New York. To tenure. <laughs> Whoa. Anyway, I left my tenured position and I moved into an administrative role and started my tenure all over again. But two years into it, I realized that's not what I wanted to do. Okay. So, and let's, let's be very, very clear. You, at, at that, at this point, you had a master's degree in students with disabilities. I okay. also then, um, I skipped a bunch of stuff. So I went to Long Island University after that, and I said, you know what, I want to just like rack up my degrees and certifications. Again, not knowing I had ADHD at the time, because right. I was bored. I'm like, what can I do next? Right. So right. I had 15 math credits that I got from Penn State and from high school. So I only needed 30 to have a math degree. 
So I went to Long Island University and started racking up the math classes. Sure. And I was literally like two classes away when my administrator tapped me on my back and he said, I think you would make a great administrator and I want you to be the IAP coordinator. So I said, okay. So I pivoted, I stopped. And then I applied to get my school building administration and school district leadership degree from LIU Post. It took two years and um, I, I tried to fast track it as much as possible. I got my test ahead of time, all of that. And then I used that certification to then be uh, assistant director of special education. All right. So you, um, you, uh, gosh, okay. So I, I, I'm <laughs> trying to guess how old you would have been at this point, 30 ish, less than less than yes. 30 years old. Yeah. Yes, wow. I was. Yeah. Okay. So at some point, and we're going to get into this ADHD thing. I, I love, I love, uh, you know, Grant Cardone is a good friend of mine. And, and one of the things he says is I, I believe everybody's got ADHD on some level, especially entrepreneurs. Um, I, I know so many entrepreneurs, but anyway, we're going to get into that. So let's talk about, let's talk about, um, where the, you had a moment, I'm assuming there was some kind of a moment where you were like, I can't do this anymore. Yes. Okay. So when I was an assistant director of special education, I realized that I was pretty much doing the same stuff that I did as an IEP coordinator, okay. but I had, um, I had a terrible boss. I had a terrible colleague, both believe me. And um, there were, the district that I was in was the best district for special education, which was great. So we were doing everything that we could, but the teachers didn't like the administrators from way back when, you know, that was a, a thing that was there. And I remember when I got hired on the day that I went there and I was approved by the board of education, I cried because I was like, why am I leaving a district that I love? This is before I became the assistant director of special education to come to this district. Why am I doing it? And I did anyway. So like in my gut, I knew it wasn't the right decision, but my ego made me do it because I said, I need to be better. I need to get that next position. And they was didn't it a, have it. Was there a pay raise and all of that involved? Right. I had gone, I was working in a school district that was one of the highest paying school districts in the country. Oh, wow. And um, they had offered me when I was an IEP coordinator, they had offered me an assistant director role a year after to replace the boss that I had. But then the Board of Education didn't approve it because I wasn't certified as an administrator yet. I had another year. So they hired someone else who was a special education teacher to be my boss. And I was teaching him how to do my job and his job. Wow. And I'm Man, like, you know what? <laughs> and I said, no. Like that was my ego. I said, if he can do it, I can do it. And I'm out. So I left and on very good terms. And they had actually asked me back after I moved to Florida um, to go back into that role. And I said, no. So that was a turning yeah. point for me too. But I went to this other district for two years and I was pushing paper. I was um, managing uh, frustrated teachers who wanted to get their students classified, parents who wanted to get their students classified, being bullied by my boss and my colleague, 
just not getting the emotional support. And I wasn't interested because I wasn't working directly with the kids. It was all moving paperwork. I'm like, this is not why I became a teacher. Yeah, no, no. So I gave my notice and at the end of the school year, I was either gonna look for another job in New York, which had to be a director of special education because you can't move linear, or I was gonna move to Florida and start my own career. And the reason Florida is because um, my dad had moved to Florida, my sister had moved to Florida, my mom was a snowbird. So everyone was moving there and yeah. it felt better living there. Yeah. Yeah. What part of Florida? Uh, South Florida. So I moved to okay. Boca and then now I'm in Boynton Beach with my husband, two stepsons okay. and two year old daughter. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, so, okay. Talk about. ADHD, when you first, what, what are some of the most common symptoms of having it? Um, and then when did you discover you were ADHD? Yeah. So the most common symptoms of ADHD is distractibility, hyperactivity, impulsivity, um, that what you think of, of the boy in the classroom. Right. And that's why they usually get diagnosed before women, because they're the ones who are outwardly generally hyperactive. But you could also be hyperactive internally. You could also have racing thoughts and um, your mind can be all over the place. That is hyperactive. But teachers don't generally see that from the outside. And that's why women can not get diagnosed until later in life. So if so, I were to, in the middle of this interview, go, hey, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. I'll be right back. Keep talking. <laughs> that, that would be. <laughs> I'm just no, no. So, yeah. So back to what you said about Grant Cardone. It's so common that people say that everyone has ADHD. And the truth Not, is. I don't think he says everyone. He says a lot of entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs do have ADHD. Yeah. In fact, 35% of. Of entrepreneurs have ADHD, and that's only the ones who know they have ADHD. So I would assume more actually have ADHD. Um, But to be classified with ADHD, you need to have, when you're younger than 12, six out of the nine symptoms of ADHD for six or more months and in two or more areas of your life. And it can't be conditional. It can't be because you know your parents are getting divorced or you're being bullied. So the, the person who's evaluating has to uh, rule out any other possibilities like anxiety, depression, ASD, OCD, bipolar, borderline personality. So there's a lot of different coexisting wow. conditions sometimes that occur with ADHD or are separated from ADHD that might look like ADHD. And then if you're over the age of, yeah, if you're over the age of 12, you have to have five or nine of the symptoms and they had to manifest before the age of 12. So you do a bunch of surveys if you're going to go through a psychiatrist and um, the people and you you give it out to your friends and family who've known you from before the age of 12 as well. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And, and so you when how when did you discover that 35 is that what you said you, that what yeah it's crazy i know how how did you like what how did that come about right so i was in i was diagnosed with anxiety all my life um from okay. psychiatrists psychologists and 
I had started my coaching, my ADHD coaching business. Okay. I then mm -hmm. gone for certifications in ADHD coaching, life coaching, parent coaching, all that. And then I, I moved in the direction of working with adults. I was working with students previously. And then I started online in 2019 okay. just because it was more efficient for adults. Yeah, sure. And, and I noticed that when I was trying to pay attention to the client, which I was able to, when the session was over, it was hard for me to shift and do my notes and then come back and meet with my next client. So oh, wow. this is the sustaining and shifting attention was really difficult for me. And then I started seeing like the adult pieces kind of line up. Like I was a serial dater and I uh, like to constantly move to different places and like stay busy and um i'm like you know what i'm starting to see these symptoms and i never put it together when i was a child even when working with students with adhd but i think i was always attracted to students with adhd because i had it and i didn't know it <laughs> wow wow mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. so you you discovered that you had it what are the i mean how how what do you how do you deal with that when you discover that you are ADHD. Okay. So my story was very different than other people's because I was already in the profession. Right. And yeah, I also right. was already, I actually had already been coached for a year going through a group coaching program. So I learned a lot about myself, how I was showing up for myself, how I was showing up for others, executing right. larger tasks. So I started to get into these positive routines and eliminate some of the negative routines and beliefs that I had prior to being coached. So at age 34, I was being coached. Um, and then once I learned I had ADHD, I decided to go on Adderall um, with the, the advice of my psychiatrist just to see what type of impact that would have on me. And it actually did have a really positive impact immediately. It helped me to sustain my attention for longer times, shift my attention, um, find my words and even improve my confidence more. Um, but I always tell people that when they learn that they have ADHD, find your people, learn about it, soak it all up, go on social media, find people there, like go on to different resources like Chad, C-H-A-D-D or ADDA.org if you're an adult with ADHD, Attitude Magazine, A-D-D-I-T-U-D-E. Um, or go on my website, Coaching with Brooke, with an E, and learn about it and find your people. And then once you start understanding yourself a little bit more, then decide how you want to move forward. Do you want a coach? Do you want a therapist? Do you want to um, meet with someone and consider medication? It's a very personal decision. Um, I generally recommend after you find your people that you do some behavioral work first so you can learn the skills, you can learn how to use your ADHD tendencies to enhance your potential, mm. how to, how to enhance your strengths, right? Just like any person, how to kind of delegate or eliminate your weaknesses. Yeah. And then, um, gain confidence by doing small things week after week. So I, I usually recommend behavioral, whether it be with me or a therapist or, you know, uh, an executive function coach or whatever. And then once you get those skills under your belt, then decide whether or not you want to go the medication route too. It's usually best when you do medication and behavioral because it's a triage effect. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow.
So do you refer, I guess you refer people out to psychiatrists when, when necessary. And yeah. Mm -hmm. How, Absolutely. how, uh, what, so what are some of the things that if somebody thinks they may be ADHD, um, I'm sure I have a touch of it. Uh, I, but I don't take, I, I don't, I don't even take aspirin. So I, I hate drugs, but so, so, but what, what, what are some of the things that people, um, what are some of the things they should be looking for in themselves if they think they have ADHD? Yeah. So, um, everyone has executive functions, which are the prefrontal cortex of their brain here. Yeah. Yeah. And some people struggle in one or more areas for a period of time. That doesn't mean that they have ADHD. So you could have difficulty with organization. You could have difficulty with prioritization. You can have difficulty with um, initiation. But again, it doesn't mean that you have ADHD. So right. if you do have ADHD or suspect you have ADHD, you could start out with um, an online test, right? And I don't say that that is going to be the indicator if you have ADHD or not. Okay. Right. So I have a test right. on my website under resources. It's an ADD test for adults. It's called the ASRS and you can also find it online if you Google it. And, um, that will just give you some insight onto what is potentially possible. Then right. I would take that and bring it to a psychiatrist or a neuropsychological, um, evaluator and say, Hey, this is what I'm experiencing. This is the result of this informal assessment. I think that I have ADHD. I would like to find out if I do. Can you sure. help me? Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 So, so, um, where did things, so once you've found out that you were ADHD and is that the right way to say it? That, yeah, it's, you know, I'm not offended either way. It depends on also like where you live. Some people say I'm an ADHD person or I have ADHD. So like it could right. be disability first or person first in Long, okay. in Long Island, in the United States, in the school system are usually um, person first, like a woman with ADHD or a child with ADHD. But out in the world, some people feel more secure saying the disability or disorder first and identifying with that. Got it. Got it. Um, so either way, what, when, when you discovered this and you started addressing it, how did things change for you and how dramatically did they change? They didn't really change that much. Um, okay. because as I mentioned, I was already receiving coaching. So I already discovered myself. Um, and discover my strengths and weaknesses and started the tools that I needed. And I was working with clients with ADHD and the tools that I was suggesting and working with, with them, I was using myself. So that definitely helped, right? Yeah. Um, the medication though, when I started the medication, that was just an extra tool, if you yeah, will, sure. that helped me in sustaining my attention for longer periods of time um, to be able to shift my attention and I felt more confident because um, there's this chemical change in your brain when you're taking medication. It connects the synapses of your brain and it helps with the reuptake of dopamine and neurotransmitters. So right. there is scientific research and evidence that 
stimulants is one of the best things that you can do for ADHD. So 80% of people uh, can actually take stimulants and 20% of people can't because of heart conditions or um, they just have adverse reactions to it or it doesn't work. Right. What The stimulant is what? So there's different stimulants out there. I take Adderall, there's Concerta, um, there's Ritalin. So Ritalin and Adderall are the two big yeah. stimulants for adults. Um, also Vyvanse. Got it. What about coffee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> coffee is a stimulant. And that's a great question that you asked yeah. because I just did a reel on this. So yeah. I used to drink so much coffee before I knew I had ADHD. Wow. Okay. So do you, you know, Andrew Huberman? Who? Andrew Huberman. He is a podcaster. He is a neuroscientist for Stanford university. He has a podcast. So he talks about, um, stimulants like coffee or, uh, soda or sugar or chocolate, or those things are a stimulant. And they can help you with your ability to focus, but for very short periods of time. Yeah. Very short periods of time. So with coffee, you know that you get highs, highs and lows. So it's not this like baseline um, of getting dopamine. Yeah. When you take a stimulant, usually what happens is because of the reuptake, you're it's, it's, managing your dopamine levels 10x like your friend grant cardone um of coffee and chocolate and sex and nicotine and um all of these stimulants yeah that you could take so that's why i do think that if that's something that you know I, i wouldn't be afraid of it if you're someone who's looking to try that. And I have no affiliation with, you know, any medications. It's just, I've had a good experience with it. My husband, yeah. my two stepsons. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so you, you said things didn't dramatically change for you. They did not dramatically change because okay. if you, so there's a different, like an umbrella, right? There's a spectrum of your ADHD. So you could be sure. mild, moderate, or severe. Right. So I was, I was diagnosed as ADHD combined type moderate, which means that my symptoms are in the middle. Right. 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 And I was trained as a young kid from my parents that you come home, you do homework, you do your disciplines, you play your sports, you study. Like I learned all of those things because they ingrained it in me. And then when I was coached, I finally learned some self-esteem because I received tools for a year on how to execute things. So because I had all of that under my belt, I, I would say that I already started learning, even though I didn't know I had ADHD. Right. 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 Right now, what occurs for me is that I'm a parent, new, new parent, newly married. So there's new problems. So because of that, Sometimes my ADHD symptoms can be exacerbated, like lack of sleep, um, emotional regulation issues that I didn't have before I was in a relationship with children. Yeah, right, right. What about the people that just say, I mean, we just had a comment 
I've been told I got ADHD. However, since I was raised in Mexico and we never treated it, it has never affected me because I was never aware of it. I just learned to live life. Um, you don't what know what about, you don't know, right? Right, right. So what about people who, um, I mean, are there are there doubters about ADHD? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the UK, I, I they didn't imagine. even recognize ADHD in adults, I think, until 2011. Right. So there right. are a lot of doubters out there. Um, people think that everyone has ADHD. Um, there are psychiatrists who don't understand ADHD, so will diagnose anxiety and or depression. Um, so yeah, there's doubters. And there's also people who say, well, why do you care about a label? Like, who cares? It's your symptoms. And I understand. I can see their point, right? Because yeah, everyone, yeah. regardless if you have a label or not, your right. symptoms can manifest differently, regardless of what you have. So you have to treat right. the symptoms. Right. But sometimes the label, like I've had people come to me crying that they didn't get diagnosed with ADHD because they thought they had ADHD and they thought that would explain everything to them. Yeah. And I said, whoa, 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 like, but some people, once they get that label, they feel like it's not them and it's their diagnosis. So they separate the two. So there's a lot of um, people who don't believe in ADHD. There are people who think everyone has ADHD, uh, but it's a real neurological disorder. And yes, it's one of the most popular and well-known neurological disorders. Sure. Sure. So um, coachingwithbrook.com, you said, has a lot of resources and mm -hmm. people can test and, and, and see where they, where they are with it. What, what is the, um, you said you just did a reel. I, I love that. I, I, I love that actually. Um, so what, what do you, what's your overarching message to the world that you want to, that you want people to, to hear, to understand. I mean, pretend for, I mean, we're, my podcast is in the top 10% in the world. So you have a big stage right now. What, what do you think um, you would like the world to know that, that what's your message? You're not alone. There is a whole community of people out there who get you and understands you, but find your people because disorders can be so isolating. And sometimes you were taught as a kid not to share and not to speak up that you should be a certain way or you shouldn't be doing this. So lean into your gut because uh, very often we are very intuitive, but we don't listen to our gut as ADHDers because of those negative messages. Lean in, mm. find your community and you know, get the help through the community, whether it be a friend, a family member, a coach, a therapist, a psychiatrist, someone mm. who truly gets you and find a buddy that you can um, really just connect with along the way, like an ADHD ally. Wow. Dominguez Jose says, I like that. Symptoms manifest when you know what you have. I always felt different and just a different energy. My son now has autism and my life has changed completely. Wow. Mm -hmm. So interestingly enough, I just got off a call right before this with a family 
And um, ADHD is very hereditary. And autism, 50 to 75% of people with autism also have ADHD. Wow. So again, it's a spectrum, right? So some yeah. people you don't know or think that they have autism. Right. All right. And right. some people, it's so obvious that they're like the classic poster child, just like with ADHD. So yes, ADHD is very hereditary. Um, and so is autism. Wow. 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 Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So Brooke, what else do you want to say to the world? That I was just talking to a researcher Again, know that you're not alone. 75% yeah. of people in the workplace have an invisible disability. Wow. 75%. Wow. Yeah. I believe so it. So find <clears throat> your people, embrace your strengths, and know that if everyone has weaknesses, right? But it's a matter of what you do with your strengths that matters. Wow. And just be persistent and take action. Trust yourself because you can literally take anything and make a career out of it. So find your passion, find what works for you, find your people. Yeah. And I promise you, you're going to have your bad days. You're going to have your good days, just like everyone else. Yeah. But you will thrive and you can thrive with the right support. Wow. That's powerful. 75%. Indi yeah, invisible disabilities. So that's the neurodivergent population. That's yeah. people with like physical disabilities. Those are yeah. people with um, like, uh, what's the other group of people? Um, but technically this is like the majority of these people are neurodivergent. Uh, so, wow. um, and a very popular term right now is neurodiversity. That means that our brains work differently from one another. So if you know, you could have, yes, yeah, 75%, isn't that incredible? That's so a lot of them are in the closet, right? Meaning they won't share that they have something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you're in the workplace and you're afraid to look different or act different, just know that three out of four people next to you are going to have an invisible visibility. You're not alone. Yeah, it's true. I believe it. Totally believe that. So, so uh, coaching with Brooke with an E for those of you listening and can't see it scrolling across the bottom of the screen, www.coachingwithbrooke with an E.com is where and I also, I appreciate that. I also have a lot of free tips on Instagram. There's a big page that I have there and every day we're throwing out tips. So you might be able to find what you're looking for on that page as well. That's so awesome. I know you have a hard out here in, in, in a few. So, um, I, I want to be respectful of that and, and, and wrap this up. But is there anything else you would like to say to the audience before we, before we end this? Luz, thank you for showing up. You know, knowing that Ken was going to talk about this, you're doing your due diligence in trying to find support for yourself 
right? So you're putting one foot in front of the other and you're taking action. And that's where you're going to see the biggest results, even if it's not right away. Amen. Everybody. And I'm sure that on your website, is your social media linked from your website? It is. Okay. So make sure you go over to coachingwithbrook.com with an E at the end of her name. So it's coaching with B R O O K E.com and follow her on Instagram and all of her social media platforms. Check out her resources and reach out to her if you feel like she can help you. It's Thank awesome. you, Ken. Yeah, you're welcome. I Thank hope you we for broke some walls today. What's that? I hope we broke some walls today. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. I mean, it's 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 reaching. I always look at it like, hey, if we can reach one person and and have a positive impact in that 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 person's life, then we've done it. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, Brooke, thank you so much, and everybody watching, thank you so much for watching, hanging out with us. Make sure you go to coachingwithbrook.com and check out everything she's got going on and follow this lady on Instagram. Brooke, thank you. I'm going to end the live stream. Everybody watching, if you have not shared this out, there is still time for you to redeem yourself and you can share this out now. So, Can I share it out now? You can share it out anytime you want. Anytime you want. Perfect. Thank Perfect. you all so much, Brooke. Thanks again. I appreciate you coming on. Stay with me. I'm going to wrap this up and we'll chat here in a second. So we will see you all later. Have an awesome, awesome uh, weekend. Happy holidays. All of all of the stuff. Thank you see everyone you for coming. Thank you.